the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Advocate with your host, Nick Phillips. And now, here's your host, Nick Phillips. Welcome and thank you for joining us. This is Nick Phillips with The Advocate. And I and this with. is Kathy Lux with The Advocate. How Kathy. are you, Nick? Kathy, so good to be with you as always to talk about the happenings in the world from a sensible standpoint. I oh, believe. well, you know, it's, it's hard to determine sensible anymore, honestly. Um, there's so much. That, you know, I heard a commentator uh, make a comment about trying to make sense of the midterms. And I, I think there are some things about this past election that you can't make sense of. Well, you know where I stand. I'm sort of in the middle of the road here looking at the person, and I have no explanation as to how the election turned out the way it did. Exactly. Uh, Because what are people thinking of when they go to the polls? Uh, I'm not quite sure. And and that's a huge question. What are they thinking of? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, we, we had all the polls ahead of time on what the prominent issues were with people and and the order in which they fell and if you look at those polls go back and look at those um and then compare to the results of the election and what the all of the media is saying were the were the prominent reasons why the election results were what they were they don't match they don't match. Well, here in Cuyahoga County especially, it was uh, interesting that in the judicial races, we noticed uh, a, a lot of other well, Republican judges really got hit hard. Uh, and these are judges who have been around for decades uh, doing great judicial work. And it was sort of like the the voting occurred without thought is the feeling I have that people just sort of voted and they maybe went along party lines. It seemed to go that way. Do you think, and and yet, so, but if you look at the, look at the school board elections that happened, what happened? Tell me. The school board elections were largely Republican, largely Republican results, because people are so so upset with what's happening in our schools. And when you start messing with people's children, they stand up. So it, it, there's a dichotomy there. It's like what, I, that, again, it's hard to make sense of. But I also think um, two things come into play. Um, one is people people feel as though they're not being heard. Um, and then, and responded to with the messaging coming from either side of the aisle, coming from either party. And I think that's one thing. I think the other thing that's happening is people feel as though it doesn't matter what they vote because we're not being represented by either side. Well, that raises a whole lot of issues uh, to talk about from the standpoint of, 
uh, are people listening, which is an eternal complaint about politicians, that mm-hmm. you have a political representative who's not listening to you. And then you have the other thought is that, well, what is a politician to do once they're elected and they're holding office? Uh, who are they beholden to and how are they supposed to vote? Do they vote based upon their own summary of what they've determined to be on a particular issue? Or are they supposed to go according to the polls? We're, we're, we're going to take a short break. It's break time here at The Advocate. So okay. Kathy and I will take a break. We'll be back after these words. You're listening to Nick Phillips and... Uh, Kathy Lux, stay with us. We'll be right back. And now, back to The Advocate with your host, Nick Phillips. Welcome back. This is Nick Phillips with The Advocate and with... And Kathy Lux. Kathy Lux, talking about... Uh, I, I think we're... So looking at how the election went uh, last week and what does it mean? What does it mean to it all, to all of us? Right. And, and it's interesting to hear all the commentary um, and, and finger pointing and blame. And, and, and I just think, I think there's a whole lot of everybody getting it wrong, in my opinion. That's the problem, getting it wrong, because uh, everyone thought it was going to go maybe strongly Republican and turned out went strongly Democrat, here in Cuyahoga County especially. Yeah. And uh, so it, it does raise issues with regard to if you are a, a young upcoming professional here in Cuyahoga County and you're Republican, uh, do you want to run for a political office or not? Or do you need to become a Democrat? So I, I think that that um, both parties are, are failing um in terms of being a representative government, um, it's all it's, it has turned so much into vying for power, maintaining power. Government is too big. It used to be years ago the Democrats stood for small government, and and now they are more into big government and more power. And the Republican Party years ago was known to be for the wealthy, for the big corporations, for, and now the Republicans are trying to, uh, do more of, let's get back to our core values from long ago and the Constitution. And both parties are arguing that democracy is a threat, uh, and, and it's, and it's so, ah, uh, it, it 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 it's so hard to believe either side when they're both saying it's if this party is going to be in power, it's a threat to our democracy. Both sides are saying it, and the issue is if you just look at the facts, if you just look at who's aligning more with with following the Constitution. Following our laws, which I be- I'm, I'm a constitutionalist. I believe that we, our survivorship in this country, our survival in this country, hinges upon staying in line with our constitution. It's brilliant. It, it, its foundation um, will work if we stay with it, and we're not staying with it. Well, and it's not too hard to stay with it if we so. Desired. Right. I mean, the Constitution has been with us for over, what, 230-some years, yes. I think. And, you know, with regard to that, you know, we have a representative form of government where we go through this 
marketing phase called elections, mm-hmm. and uh, everyone puts on their show and gets elected for whatever reasons, whatever they say that's truthful or untruthful or right. exaggerated. Uh, so they get in office, and then that's where everything changes. But I don't get the feeling that it's changing that much because the change that is supposed to take place is that once you're elected, and I know our newly elected uh, representatives, uh, I, you know, like you know, Max Miller is out in Washington this week mm-hmm. uh, going through the um, uh, orientation program to learn how to become a congressman. Uh, and, and people have to learn that. They do. And, you know, I think it would be really interesting to hear fr- from him firsthand at some point. We are making those arrangements. Yes. Max will be with us. What that, what that process is like. I think... The, uh, I think people would love to know exactly what that is. You know, they call it orientation. I hope it's orientation and not indoctrination. <laughs> no, no. As a matter of fact, I was in Colorado and I saw the state legislature there during that phase where you need to know and learn the nuts and bolts of how the government works. You need to know what a bill is. How do you put together a bill, how's it submitted, what's the flow of the bill, mm-hmm. and what are the committees all about. Right. You just don't walk in on day one and know it. It's, sure. it's not that intuitive. But but then, but so, you know, I hope that includes, like, uh, teaching them that w- when these bills are presented, um, they should read them. <laughs> because <laughs> so often we've we've had... So often situations where they're so, you know, they're voluminous, they're voluminous. And the Obama health care plan had over 2000 pages of s- stuff. Right. Now, who's going to curl up with a 2000 page bill and read it word for word? Many times a lot of the bills. Uh, affect other statutes in, in the governmental system. So you're seeing a lot of cross-references. Mm-hmm. So it's not just sitting reading a 2,000-page bill, but it's checking out the cross-references. So you have staffers who will help out. Right. But it, it's a process. And health care in the Obama administration was only one thing. And now we have uh, all kinds well, of issues coming look, up that need to be addressed. Look at the infrastructure bill that, just, that, w- that was passed that was supposed to be infrastructure and i think i i I can't remember exactly the statistic but i think that it was somewhere around only 20 percent of it in in terms of funding was going for actual hard infrastructure roads bridges internet you know getting getting that service throughout the country to people that don't have it only 20 percent of the money was actually going to be spent on that. Well, the nature of the system and how government works is that when you have a a bill you want passed, the the hardest thing to do is to get it out of committee and onto the floor for a vote. And that needs a lot of cooperation. And you have the parties go out and they do a head count, find out whether or not it has any hope of passing. Mm -hmm. And once it's going to look like it's going to pass and it's at the right time, That's when everybody wants to tag on all of these amendments to the uh, statute to get other things done, to get specific things done. Mm. And um, it's distasteful because it doesn't seem to uh, really allow proper addressing of of all the issues and all of the amendments that are going to be added to to a statute. Right. And then you get into the situation where, and this is where... um, you know, there's a dichotomy here. Some people, I think, voters, citizens, 
want to see people work together to accomplish things. But at the same time, there are times when people have to take a stand and do what's right and not try and compromise uh, well, that's and a magic, find a that's win-win. A magic win. Word. Well, when you say that someone needs to take a stand, mm-hmm. you have some people who know how to selectively choose the moment and mm-hmm. the thing to take the stand on, and other people who are just belligerent and way out there, and they're taking a stand on everything. I heard one political pundit, I don't remember who, say, make the statement, something along the lines of, um, when the other side is doing something, it's better to freeze it and not let anything happen than to allow the wrong thing to happen. And that really shuts off, in my opinion, the opportunity of continuing forward and compromising, or at least discussing, how to uh, maybe capture the good things about what that's about, or get everyone to agree to, to pass on it. But when you have hundreds of issues that are floating around, you have to be careful on which ones you're going to pick to fight. And, and, and issues that are so critical and aren't being discussed. You know, for instance, um, China buying up land in our country um, near our military uh, installations, military sites. And, and it's true, and it's happening. And there was a little bit of mention about it. Are we able to get somebody on to talk about that? I, we need to. Because you and I always debate about the issue of what, you know, what's a conspiratorial theory about something. Uh, and my response is always the same when I hear something bad. Okay. I say, if that's true, that's mm-hmm. very bad. But, but how do we know what's true? Or so, not? Well, <clears throat> that's a good question. But, um, you know, I've heard now uh, governors, governors on national news talking about the fact that China is doing this. So, and, and no one's, and no one has countered that. No one has challenged that. But it's not being discussed. Well, a couple of things. First off is, uh, uh, how do we find out what's true and what's not true? And then has there been someone out there, uh, analyzing and assessing the risk or what kind of danger this poses? And then also, what can we do about it? Uh, as as citizens, I mean, the basic things between elections, we can contact our representatives. Mm-hmm. You know, we can also contact the media and talk to. Them. And we're the media; people can do, get in touch with us. Does does the media actually listen to us? I I don't know that they do. I I I don't. I I feel as though uh, true journalism mm-hmm. has gone by the wayside. Well, that's a problem when you ask the question, does the media listen to us? On the one hand, do they need to listen to us? They're moving from story to story to story. Whatever is hot today. And ratings. That's the news. They want stories that give them Uh, ratings. That's their payback. They get the ratings. But that's a disservice to us because that's our only source. I mean, how else are we going to be informed? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they're not informed. Look at what happened. And, you know, and I'm really tired of the issue, but look what happened with the Hunter Biden or that whole. Well, let's hold up on the Hunter Biden thing. It's time for a break. Okay. We're going to take a short break. You're listening to Nick Phillips and Kathy Lux on The Advocate. We'll be back after these words. Don't go away. Stay with us. Yeah, we want you to come back. And now back to The Advocate with your host, Nick Phillips. Welcome back to The Advocate with Nick Phillips and Kathy Lux. Kathy Lux is here. 
And uh, we're talking about the post-mortem of the election from last week. And <laughs> what does that mean? And is there anything us little people can do about anything? I don't know. So Gosh, what I do you think, know. Kathy? I, I, I think there's a lot we can do. And, and you know, but it takes effort. Um, you know, we, we are being told we're not seeing what we're seeing. You know, the border's fine. The border's closed. That's mm-hmm. what we're hearing. And yet we know it isn't. And, and it's creating national security issues. Um, well, economic issues for the states. Ex- exactly. Uh, but yet our government is telling us it's a non-issue and, and the border's closed and they're doing what they can. And it's fine. Well, I wish you were with the government so I could ask you, who in the government is saying this is a non-issue when you have thousands of people crossing the border and basically choking states like Texas? I mean, these people just appear on the doorstep in Texas. Mm -hmm. you got to provide services, period, Mm -hmm. a humanitarian-wise. Exactly. And Arizona. Well, those border states are all like that. It is. Which is interesting. It is. Well, we just wanted to comment that uh, I had the opportunity and honor to run for a political office here during this last election cycle. You did. You did a great job. And uh, and you worked with me on that, getting that out. We we actually jumped into the pool of candidates <laughs> and found out what it's about to uh, raise money, to get signs, to talk to people, to uh, work the polls and see what happens. We did. And I can tell you, my experience has been there are a real heck of a lot of really good people out there who take the government seriously and they were out there voting and uh, they're exercising their constitutional right and the fact that we need them to be out there voting. We do. And we need them to not allow the media, the narratives coming from uh, various places, both parties, to to divide us because it there is a, I feel an absolute effort going on mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. keep us divided, right? Divide and conquer. And we can be strong if we don't let that happen. Well, well, that though is, uh, I think, the way people run elections are that it's win at any cost. And right. the only way you can counter that win at any cost mentality is to, as a voter, learn about the candidates. Yes. Go back. Uh, and, and with the... Um, the elections coming up, what happens is that the more people who get involved in learning about the candidates and getting them and their friends and neighbors to get out and vote can and will make a difference. But, and Nick, don't you think, I think, we need to find a better way for people to learn about the candidates. You can't, I you, think that's what, what's that way? You difficult. Say you, you could lead a horse to water, right? Well. Can't make them drink. There's, there's the information out there. But how how can you force people to learn? Um, but it's really, I think it's difficult to get the true and real information in front of people. Well, they could at least get each candidate's version by going to each candidate's website. I mean, I we had a social media campaign. We had a website, and my opponent did. So anyone who wanted to know about this particular race, and there are hundreds of races, that as a uh, educated, informed voter, there are ways with your computer or your cell phone you can go out there and find out more about people if you would take the time. But who has time? Right? So right, because you're working multiple jobs and trying to survive, and because we're being crushed, and so yeah, it's difficult. And and I don't know that people even know 
where to go to find out, you know, about the candidates. I mean, they need to know you're there mm-hmm. and your website information. And, you know, how, how do they know? Well, another fine day, Kathy Lux. Thank you so much for joining me tonight, as always. Oh, it's always fun, Nick. <laughs> We're going to be back next week with, uh, with, with a guest mm-hmm. and uh, in the post-election time here. And we'll be exploring what's going on here in our country and in our great democracy. So between now and next week, have a great, healthy, and safe week. And yes, and be sure to join us next week. In a dream, or in my drifting days after the war, I found a tea room north of the Mozambique shore. Worn Persian carpet on the sandwood floor, rope pointed slippers by the bamboo door. On the wall, a faded picture of a movie queen Torn from the pages of some ancient magazine Sleeping parrot, dreaming parrot dreams And I sat and watched the Zanzibar sunset Sat and drank my fresh mint tea With nothing to do until morning Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs>